you to all those who are listening. I am Renee Collins, and I am the founder of Retire Ready, and I am super excited because this is the inaugural podcast for Retire Ready. Retire Ready is an organization that educates, empowers, and inspires Generation X and Y and business owners to take charge of their money, save more, invest smart, build wealth, so that they, of course, can retire ready. This podcast that you're about to hear was actually recorded almost two years ago. So why did it take so long for me to upload it? Well, that is a podcast for another day. But what I really want to talk about is having a dream, having a goal that you want to achieve and making a commitment to see that goal through and not expecting for it to be easy, but be prepared to work, be prepared to work to be better and to become your best. That is what today's guest is going to discuss. So today's guest has built a strong reputation as a former NFL player with the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, and of course, the Chicago Bears. He has taken his leadership skills from on the field to off the field as he pursues a leadership role as a keynote and motivational speaker. He is not only leading his own companies as a focused entrepreneur, but he has also authored and published his first book, The Principles of Winning, Five Keys to Create a Standard of Excellence. He has spoken and consulted for companies, associations, and schools across the nation, including Fortune 500 companies. And he has also appeared on ABC, Fox, CBS, NBC, WGN, ESPN, and various other TV networks and radio stations as a thought leader, an author, a speaker, philanthropist, entrepreneur, and coach. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Desmond Clark. Hey, Desmond, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I want to thank you again for agreeing to be a guest on this inaugural podcast. So, Desmond, I read on the NCAA's uh, website that only about 2% of college football players go on to the NFL. So I started to think, when did you decide that you wanted to become a professional athlete? Is it something that you set as a goal as a young child, or did you just work really hard and you were prepared for this opportunity when it came about? Can you take the listeners on your journey from childhood until draft day? Yeah, and I, I can. And, and I, I would say, first of all, I don't know if that stat is correct, 2%. I think that is off, awfully high. Because you, really? have, you have um, uh, Division One, Division Two, uh, or how they say it now, FBS, FCS, um, Division Two, Division Three. You have all of these college teams. So you have, you know, maybe 500 college football teams. Those teams, you're probably averaging 80 to 100 people. Let's just say on the low end, that's, that's 300, let's say 300,000 people for the sake of argument. There are only about 1,600 players in the NFL every year. So that number has to be off a little, little bit. Absolutely. It's probably less than 1% of college football players that actually make it to the NFL. 
And, and to expand up, um, on your the, the second part of that question, it was never a goal of mine to play in the NFL. Always it was a dream to play in the NFL. Um, and, and there's a huge difference in, in having a goal and having a dream. Goal is something that you really work towards and say, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, I should hit my goal. Mm-hmm. A dream is something that's so that's aspirational that, hey, you know, that's way out there. That's like the, the pinnacle of, of all pinnacles. And, you know, it, it's something that's probably out of reach. But, you know, if one day if I can get there, that, that would be the ultimate of, of the all ultimate. So it, it, it was a dream um, and, and not necessarily a goal. But as you stated, I did the things to put me in position. So when the opportunity came, I was prepared for the opportunity um, and I was able to take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, so it, it was all about, for me, when I was in high school, especially right around probably my junior year of high school, when I started thinking, you know what, I want to be the best at what I do for where I'm at right now. Like, I want to be the best high school quarterback in the area. I had some rivals that that um, we played together in, in Little League and, and things like that, that I wanted to be better than them. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to my senior year, I had to be better than certain people because I figured everybody's fighting after these scholarships. And that was the only way I was going to go to college. So I had to be the best at the time right then. When I got to college, it was about, okay, I got to be better than this guy that's in front of me at my position right now. Mm-hmm. So, and then as I got in, into my college career, it was like, now I'm looking at the entire ACC and who's the best receivers out here. Well, I got to be better than them right now just for the sake of I want to be the best at my position for the, for the space and the time that I'm in. And ultimately, that, that mindset led to the opportunity to play in the NFL because I just wanted to be the best at my position for, like I said, the space and the time that I was in at that time. So one of the things that you said was you just you wanted to be the best at what you were doing. What else would you say uh, is important for someone that is aspiring to reach a goal? I, I like to I like to change that word goal to commitment. Mm-hmm. Okay. A goal is something that you you know you actually see yourself achieving, and I think we can all all agree on that because you don't you don't write it down and you don't say this is my goal unless you think that you can get there. Um, if we change that word to commitment and start to think about it in this way, a goal is something that we're trying to get to. A commitment is something that we're determined to make happen. Mm-hmm. And I believe if we you know, uh, change our thinking around um, to, hey, I'm committed to this, instead of, hey, my goal is to be here, I think it starts with that belief and that, that, that mind frame of I'm going to get here. Mm-hmm. I, I am committed to get here. I'm committed to do what it takes to accomplish what it is that I've set in front of me to accomplish. I think that's where, that's where it starts. I want to talk a little bit about that because one of the things that I have realized as a, an accountant as well as a business owner, and I speak to potential business owners all the time. And sometimes I feel like they get in their own way. 
You know, there's still, we all have what I call kind of like baggage or uh, challenges, say, from, you know, childhood, or we've had experiences that have maybe tainted our view or have impacted our confidence. What do you say to people who may feel like, oh, I can't do this? You know, so it's one thing to be committed to it, but before you even can get committed, committed to that goal, you have to sometimes get out of your own way and get out of your own mind. Absolutely. Um, it, it's all about it's all about believing in, in what you're setting out to do. And like you say, most of the battles, not I, I would say 90% of the battles are within us internally. Absolutely. And that's, what, and that's what we have to battle. I think a lot of people look outside so much and say, well, that happened to me. Or this caused this and that caused, you know, and this person in that situation, um, that's holding me back. And, and what, what I believe people don't necessarily like to do because it hurts mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of discipline and there's no blame to be dished out is look inside and say, okay, what are the battles that I'm losing with myself? What am I doing um, on a daily basis to not put myself in position to be where that next step is? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, um, you know, I don't want to cut off certain relationships because that, that's going to hurt if, if I have to distance myself from people for a certain time so I can, you know, go in my direction and, and and go get there quicker and faster and not have to carry someone or not have to, you know, um, always uh, keep looking back. Um, it could be financially where, hey, I have to give up some things in order to put myself in a financial situation where I can actually go and do what I say that I want to do. Um, a lot of times there's there's that internal sacrifice um, that we know we have to do mm-hmm. to get to where we're trying to go. Because um, a, a lot of times, if you're trying to take that next step, there's usually something that you have to give up, whether that's time, whether that's a relationship, whether that's money, whether that's energy, um, wh- whatever it may be. When you step out and you're trying to accomplish something that you never accomplished before or do something that you've never done before, there's really something that you have to give up. I like to tell people, if you say yes to something, you got to say no to something else. And if you say no to something, that means that you're saying yes to something else. What are you saying yes and no to? What are you giving up so you can gain? What are you gaining? And um, what are you trying to gain? But you got to give up to, to make that gain. So I think that's all internal and, and it's difficult. And most people don't want to make that difficult decision change um, mindset change or whatever it is that they have to do because it sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's just something that we're not willing to do for whatever we're trying to gain. Right. I agree. I definitely agree. You know, and like a lot of times when you're dealing with change, it is tough. It is hard. And, you know, it sometimes it does require that we, you know, in some cases face your demons, you know. Yeah. And they can be tough. So and okay. recognize it and just recognize that, hey, I have a certain thought process. I have a certain demeanor about myself. I have a certain way of life that's that's not conducive to what I say I want to gain. Mm-hmm. And just being able to wrestle with that and, and say, you know what? 
if I'm going to get there, I have to be A, B, and C. Absolutely. I agree. So after 12 years, you retired from the NFL to become an entrepreneur. Now, I'm sure you could have taken another path of least resistance. Because <laughs> as you know, becoming an entrepreneur is no small feat. It's a cycle of highs and lows. It could be feast to famine. Your hair could be on fire one day and the next day you could be bouncing off the ceiling. So tell me why the entrepreneurship path? Um, it's, it's one of those things where if I'm going to bet on myself, if I'm going to bet on anybody, I'm going to bet on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm stubborn and I, I don't really enjoy having somebody uh, control my time, my earning ability, um, where I have to be, when I have to be. Um, I, I, I like being in, in control as much as possible of my own space. Um, so that's one of the reasons that I, that I chose to go into the entrepreneurial world. I started out as a real estate agent, which, you know, you have the flexibility and you build, you're building your business up under, you know, a, a certain umbrella, but it's still your business. Um, and then I got into the financial, financial world, same type of world. You mm-hmm. can build your own business up under, uh, umbrella. But now, um, over the last couple of years, I just decided that I want to build my business up under my own umbrella. And like you say, that's, that's tough. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm still growing, I'm still learning. I'm still putting pieces of the puzzles together, have a long ways to go to get to where I want to be, but um, the ride is on the road. (laughs) And and, um, there's no detouring um, right now, but um, that's, that's why I decided to do it because I just wanted to have control of my own destiny, destiny, my own earning power and be able to, you know, Put together something that that's mine. Um, as a as a young as a young kid, and as a young adult, not not as a young kid. I think I, I might have been in college when I started playing this game. It's called Sim City. Okay. I don't know if people recall. I've heard it. of that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you used to be able to build your entire city, build a road. Um, you were basically the mayor of the city. You had to build schools. You had to maintain the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, Crowd, I mean, traffic patterns, this and that. I mean, you and and I enjoyed that game so much because you were actually in control of building your own city, your own town. Mm-hmm. And I believe um, to this day, I still enjoy that that building process. Entrepreneurship, as I mentioned, it's it's hard. What are some of the challenges that you faced on your journey to become an entrepreneur? And how has your experience with the NFL prepared you? for those challenges? Yeah, there, there's been um, a lot of challenges. Um, facing challenges now of, you know, right partnerships and who to hire, how much to pay, and um, just educationally knowing more, learning more, because things are always changing. How can I make myself better? How can I become a better expert in my space? All of those things are challenges and they're ongoing challenges. Dealing with people. Um, you know, I have a service. I have to um, provide a great reason why people should work with me instead of the other 500,000 independent agents out here that's doing the same thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of those things are challenges. How my background in football helps me overcome, deal with, and, and excel through those challenges 
you learn a lot of those life lessons playing football from the age of six to the age of 34. Lessons of, hey, you have to learn how to deal with all types of people, personalities. You have to always try to make yourself better because especially in the NFL, there's a draft every year. And a lot of times they're bringing in people at your position. So how do I retain my position is by continuing to get better. What value do I bring to the team? What specific value do I, do I bring to the team? Which, what role do I play here um, with the, the other you know, 53 people that's on the team? And quite frankly, getting your butt kicked sometime and having to figure out, okay, I can't keep letting that happen. What do I have to do different? So I'm on the winning side of this equation now. Um, because if I keep losing too often, guess what? I'm no longer on the team. Right. And that's the same thing in business. You take too many losses, you're out of business. Absolutely. And the learning, the learning curve in football, we had a different opponent every week. So there was a different game plan every week that we had to study, that we had to learn, that we had to master. And if, if it wasn't mastered, guess what? You was going to go out there and, and it wasn't going to be good for you. So. Those, all those things, they, they come back as things that are ingrained in you as a person, mm-hmm. first and foremost, that you know on a daily basis there, there's work to do. And one of the greater things that I learned from playing football throughout my childhood and into you know, being, being an adult is the importance of process. In the NFL, we, if we went on Sunday, we get Monday off. Well, some teams. My coaches always gave us Monday off. We could come in whenever we wanted to and individually go work out and watch the film. On Tuesday is day off. Wednesday we came in, we, we uh, went through the first and second down um, package. Third down, I mean, uh, Thursday was third down. Friday was short yardage, goal line, and special situations. Every single week, we did the same thing. And it all led up to game time. Same thing in the insurance industry and probably the same thing in, in most industries. You have a certain process, especially in sales, um, you have a certain process that, that leads up to game time. It's a way that you go about studying um, for, that, for that sales call, knowing the business, knowing whoever you're going to be there with, knowing all the details that you have to know so you can go and give a great presentation. And if you do your due diligence, uh, you know, you're going to win your fair share. If you don't, you're going to lose more than you win. And guess what? If you lose more than you win, they find somebody to replace you. Right. Absolutely. I got some real takeaways out of what you just said that I think are really key. And I just want to emphasize that a little bit. One of the things that you said was adding value, you know, and I think that that's really key in any business, you know, especially in mine. I work as a a tax professional and, you know, with the advent of Intuit, you know, just about anybody can go out and do a tax return, you know, so... (laughs) Properly. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Exactly. You know, so, you know, as a professional, we have to find ways that we're adding value to our clients and our customers. I think that's one key that I want to make sure that I emphasize. The other thing is, you know, always be learning. You know, I think that we should always be students to our trade, you know, and that's the other thing that you emphasize is that, you know, in this day and age, you know, technology is changing. Um, our fields are changing. So we have to make sure that if we really want to add value 
to our clients and our customers that we're always learning, you know? And then uh, the last thing is those systems, whether it's sales systems so that we can make that best presentation to our clients or just establishing systems in our businesses to make us more efficient. All of those things I think are really key in terms of, you know, uh, growing a successful business. So those were great points. Is there anything that you want to leave business owners with that we haven't discussed? Yeah, I, I will leave with this. As a business owner, we always want to see, you know, that win. We always want to see um, bottom line, hey, all right, we're, we're, making, we're making money or, you know, whatever that bottom line is. And we fall in love with that. And, and we should. We should celebrate those, those victories. I would suggest that you fall in love with something that's a little bit harder. Fall in love with the process. Fall in love with the daily routine. Fall in love with the grind of doing the business. Fall in love with making the daily calls. Fall in love with doing the research. Um, because if you fall in love with that part of, of, of what you're doing, that, that other part that everybody loves, is, is going to be automatic. But the reason why people don't see consistent wins is probably somewhere in that process is not consistent enough. And you know what? Sometimes that process takes trial and error. And to get it to where it's it's consistently good sometimes takes time, especially as an entrepreneur, because a lot of times you get into something, you only know 5% of, of what you need to know. So don't be afraid to make the mistake. But do fall in, fall in love with the process and always try to continue to make that process um, as streamlined and as best as it can be. And you'll celebrate more wins than probably recognize if you fall in love with that process. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to talk about some fun stuff. So I, lo- I love to read. So I'm always mm-hmm. curious to know what books entrepreneurs are reading. So um, anything that you're reading right now that you want to share? Yeah, the latest one, um, and I'm almost finished with it, is um, Never Split the Difference. Yeah, the book on negotiating. Yeah, the book on negotiating. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are uh, a lot of lessons in there. Um, As salespeople, we're always negotiating. Mm -hmm. And as people, we're always negotiating. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Because we're always trying to get what we want, right? We want our way. (laughs) And this is a, a, a way of kind of looking at it from a different angle and understanding the psychology of people and, and yourself and how do you persuade people to let them give you your way. Mm-hmm. I have that one on my bookshelf. I haven't gotten to it yet, but it's there. What are your daily habits? Daily habits, routines, whatever it takes to keep you focused. Yeah, daily habits. So um, I start my day about four times a week, um, getting up, reading the day, my my. So I'll drive to the gym. Either I drive to the gym or sometimes I'll just get up in the front room, read my daily devotion. If I don't read it in the front room, when I get to the gym, I'll read it before I go to the gym. The reason why I do that, I, me and my um, one of the pastors, I was saying, hey, I need to get more consistent with this. And um, he was like, so what do you do consistent? Oh, I go and work out. Well, read before you go work out. I like oh, that. Mm-hmm. Five mm-hmm. minutes, right? Right, absolutely. Um, four times a week, try to always minimum four times a week go work out. 
Um, and that really gets my day started because I feel like I got the tough part out the way, you know, because you're putting your body through anguish and pain and exhaustion. So after I get that done, I really feel like, hey, the rest of the day is downhill because mm-hmm. now all I got to do now is go and deal with people. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, with my daily work habits, um, I, I have a spreadsheet of everything that I do as far as calls. I track my number of calls. I have a certain number of calls that I want to do. I track my number of times that I connected on those calls. Mm-hmm. I track the um, times of, I connect it and I set an appointment, whether that's a new appointment that I've never seen before, or if it's just an appointment to follow up for a second or third meeting. I track whether it's new or total appointments. I track how many referrals I get. I, I track how many referral opportunities um, that I ask for. I track how many times I actually sat down and broke bread with someone. I track the amount of um, open cases that I get in a day track the amount of um, applications that I get in a day and I track the amount of proposals I get in. And with those proposals, I track the, the number of uh, the, the premium amounts. And then I also uh, um, keep the number of actual closes that I have. So all that stuff is tracked. So what I'm able to do is go back and, hey, if, if I'm doing really well, why am I doing really well? What, what kind of activity Mm-hmm. Uh, am I doing to, to keep that going? If I'm not doing well, okay, let me check my activity and make sure that it's not because of the activity that I'm not doing well. At the end of the day, I call it posting and planning. Uh, I'll do that every day and, and, and gather all of those numbers and say, okay, here's what I did. And then weekly, I combine, I combine the week. And then from the weekly, I combine the monthly. And from the monthly, I combine the yearly. I think that's a good exercise to get in, you know, for all business owners, you know, especially if you're working in sales to do, because it's important to know where your leads are coming from, you know, where the business is coming from, because, you know, that's where you need to be putting for the effort, you know? Excellent. One more question. You're still in Chicago. What's your favorite restaurant? You know, we are the city Uh, restaurants. (laughs) yeah, my favorite restaurant is um, Joe's uh, Seafood and um, Steak, 60 East Grand. Some of my uh, greatest experiences as far as restaurants have come there. Really? Um, okay. I a restaurant, but yeah, always had great experiences there. That's where me and my um, uh, former teammates, uh, Titans, used to go eat before the game. Okay. Um, so they eat a lot after the game. Um, when I got married, that was the first restaurant we went to after I got married. So mm-hmm. that became something that we uh, started doing on anniversary day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a good spot. But as far as the deep dish pizza um, for Chicago, um, Dewey's is my favorite. favorite Dewey's, okay, excellent, excellent, very good. Well, thank you. This has been an awesome interview. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. You have a good one now. We'll talk soon. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Retire Ready Podcast. You can find us everywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. We're also on Facebook, IG, and coming soon to YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Until then, remember that the secret to building wealth is, there is no secret. Learn to spend less and invest the rest. 
Now go be great today.